listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM, and we're coming to you live from Hobart, Tasmania. I'm your host, Jason Cook, and every Thursday in the studio we have Peter Watts, and he's continuing his series, Searching for Certainty. Welcome, Peter. Thank you, Jason. It's good to be here. Peter, do you realise it's our 21st episode today? We should be. We should have a cake. Yeah, we should. It's, <laughs> it's we number should. 21. That's an important milestone, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, you should crank open a, a bottle of non-alcoholic champagne. Yeah, we should. Anyway, Peter, what's been happening this week with you? Um, well, uh, lots of things, lots of um, busy toing, going and uh, to and fro. But uh, last week I was thinking about um, our subject for today, which we'll get onto in a minute. But last week after the radio show, you and I uh, tuned in to um, a YouTube channel for uh, for SpaceX to watch the Inspiration4 launch. And uh, I guess I must have got you into it because I, that's something... I, that did, I watched it all the way through with you. You did, you did. <laughs> but I but see, ex- space exploration is something that I, I've always been interested in since I was a little kid. So um, I've sort of been following the, um, I guess, the progress of SpaceX and other um, space exploration um teams such as Blue Origin and Virgin Galactic and so forth and just uh, seeing how, how they're getting on. So and this one was special because there were four non-astronauts, yeah. they're just civilians. So four civilians uh, who were chosen and uh, they were raising money for St. Jude's Hospital um, and uh, yeah, it was it was very interesting to, to see that go up and of course they splashed down I think last Sunday morning our time. Um, but it kind of leads us into uh, today's program a little bit. Of course, I should mention too, it was very fascinating to see the uh, the earthquake that occurred in Victoria yesterday, yeah. which was um, centred near Mansfield, but was felt certainly in Melbourne. Mm. And uh, we have uh, family there in Victoria, and uh, they certainly felt it. Mm. And uh, Apparently the largest uh, earthquake ever in uh, Victoria. Really? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a, a fascinating, um, another sign of the times, we I could say. I believe so, yeah. And so, um, yeah, hopefully they, they won't have... Uh, too many aftershocks from that one and, and thankfully it seemed that nobody was injured and that's mm. the important thing mm. um, but yeah uh, you just never know that was a, a surprising thing to occur because somebody was saying to me there's an earthquake and I said where where you know I checked in on the news and there it was so but anyway we were talking a little bit about space exploration and we want to get into today's topic and uh, today's topic I think we had entitled a trip a, into space a trip into space and uh you know, these um, four civilians that just went up in the SpaceX Inspiration4 rocket, um, they they are essentially space tourists, mm. um, but they're not the first. And there were no astronauts on board, were there, in that? Correct. In I that mean, moment. these people have been trained for six months, but they're not astronauts. Mm. They are civilians, mm. and it's the first all-civilian crew mm. that they've sent. Um, but they weren't the first space tourists, so I, I want to um, just share with uh, the audience there was... Uh, just before we do that, can I just give the number for Please today? Please do. Give the number, Jason. I'll give you the number. Sorry, Peter, to interrupt your flow there. Don't you worry. I'll go back to sleep. <laughs> 0488880891 is our Tassie Encounters show number. And I want you to write that down or put it somewhere important, uh, put it in your phone or something like that. You can text us in. We will have a free offer later in the program and uh, some questions, and you can give us feedback on that as well. Now, Peter, um, there's one more thing I want to share just before people uh, before we get into the program. 
program. Yeah. Um, I learned something really interesting this week. We've been saying that you can go and listen to our programs on uh, the Faith FM app and the website, faithfm.com.au, and you sure. can go back to the back episodes. But did you know that you can listen to Faith FM on a Google Home device? I didn't know that. If you've got one of those little devices that listen to everything you say, uh, <laughs> you can say the words, the code words. I'm not going to say it just it in case. It might be the only thing that listens to every yeah, word I say at home. You know, you can say you're okay and then what follows that to open it up and then you say play Faith FM Australia Amen. and uh, it will play our, our radio. Uh, the live feed. The live feed right. uh, through your Google Home device. That's really useful. That's it helpful. Is. So now we're getting on to the trip into space. Okay, yes. So The first tourist. Yeah, the first space tourist um, was actually in 2001, which is quite a ways ago, 20 years. And um, it was a man by the name of Dennis Tito. He was a former scientist of the NASA Jet Propulsion Laboratory. And uh, he'd obviously had some business dealings outside of that too because he became very wealthy. And he approached NASA about taking him on a trip to the International Space Station. Mm. And uh, basically, NASA said, no, we, we don't take space tourists. We have a scientific program and we have a plan and we don't just take people who want to go. Um, and so he decided he would approach the Russians. And uh, he they, they decided they would take him on their Soyuz space uh, spacecraft up to the International Space Station. And uh, on the 28th of April 2001, he blasted off in that Soyuz spacecraft and he spent eight days in space on board the International Space Station and it only cost him $20 million. So, Peter, I've got a question for you. You're, you're interested in all this space stuff because mm. I know you watch it and uh, you like to watch the launches and whatever. I keep an eye on it. Have you ever wanted to go? And I guess the next question is, have you got to spare $20 million? <laughs> <laughs> Well, see, well, yes, I, ha- I have. I mean, I've always wanted to be an astronaut. I suppose when I was a kid I used to be, you know, pretend to be an astronaut, um, as many of us did. But... Um, but yes, no, I don't have a spare twenty million. But the good news is, and this is the good news, the good news is, God Himself is preparing a trip into space for all of those who want to go, and He has paid the price. It won't cost you eight, uh, twenty million, and it won't. You won't be there for eight days. It'll be a thousand year trip into space. That sounds and awesome. God has paid the ticket, and we want to talk about that. And it's called. The millennium, this thousand-year period that we find in the book of Revelation, it's in uh, primarily in, in chapter 20, and it talks about this 1,000 years that we're going to spend with God in heaven, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that today. If you think about it, the um, you, you think about the history of the Bible, you go back to Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, and it said Adam died after 930 years. He lived quite a while. 930 years he dies. He has a son. He lives so long and he dies. He's had a son and so forth. And you can, you can see all of those genealogies and people wonder why the genealogies are there. And, and partly it's to do with the fact that God wants us to know this is historical. Mm. This really happened. This is mm. not a story. Mm. And um, for the first 2,000 years of Earth's history, God is sharing the gospel through the patriarchs, people like Adam and Abel and Noah and Enoch and people like that. And then for the next 2,000 years, you have God sharing the gospel through the family of Abraham, essentially. Mm. Uh, so Abraham's born around 2000 BC, and uh, God shares the gospel through 
are him and his descendants, uh, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and the, the children the, of Israel. The Israelites, yeah. Uh, and then for the, the last 2,000 years, God has been sharing the gospel through the Christian church, mm. uh, spiritual Israel, if you like. Um, and then, of course, as you, you've got this period of time. Jesus is soon to return. The second coming is imminent. And when Jesus comes, he's going to take us to heaven for a thousand years. And it's going to be like a thousand year Sabbath, essentially. Um, and so we're, we're looking forward to that. Let's have a look at what it says in the book of Revelation. We have Revelation chapter 20. And I'm going to get you to read, Jason. We're going to read verses one to three, just as a little opener here. It says, Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, having the key to the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. He laid hold of the dragon, that serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. He cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal on him so that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years were finished. But after these things he must be released for a little while. All right, thanks for that, Jason. Now, this doesn't talk about us going to heaven or anything here. That's in the next verse. Mm. We're going to read that in a minute. But it, this is this is the beginning of the millennium. Is is the devil being uh, bound? He's being chained. He's effectively going to be imprisoned for a thousand years, and that's good news. Any time the devil is bound or restricted or um, imprisoned, says, shut up, shut up. <laughs> yeah. That's right. It's about time he shut up. Um, any time that he's shut up, that's a good thing because mm. he's the one who uh, tempts, deceives and uh, causes the desolation that we find here. So it says he's going to be shut up and cast into a bottomless pit. We're going to explore that a little bit because we want to find out what that means. Um, but that lasts for a thousand years. So what we're going to find as we continue to look at more details in regard to this topic is that we have two resurrections that bind this thousand years. So there's going to be a resurrection at the beginning and a resurrection at the end. In fact, in John 5, 28, 29, Jesus talks about these two resurrections. Maybe you'd like to read that, Jason. Uh, do not marvel at this, for the hour is coming in which all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come forth, those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. So you have two resurrections. One is the resurrection of life. One is the resurrection of condemnation. And it's interesting. The first one he mentions is the resurrection of life. So it's in that order, too. There's the resurrection of life first mm. and then later the resurrection of condemnation, we're going to discover that this is actually a thousand-year gap between the two. It doesn't sound like it when you read that verse, does it? It doesn't but, sound it like it. But you've got to connect it to Revelation. Correct. Mm. Well, we're going to read some more verses that are, that are going to help us understand this. Yeah. Um, I think we're going to go to a break, and sure. then we're going to come back and talk some more. Before we go to a break, I'm going to ask you a question, and we'd love to hear your answers to this. Um, if you had a chance to go into space, what would you want to see? Where would you want to go? Text us in your answer on 0488 We're going to have a listen to this song. It's called Love Lifted Me by Caitlin Clampett.
Jesus saves, Jesus saves, He will lift you from the crashing waves, crashing waves, He will never leave you. Jesus saves, Jesus saves, He will lift you from the crashing waves, crashing waves, He will never leave you. Jesus saves, Jesus saves. listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and that was Caitlin Clampett with Love Lifted Me. Now Peter we've just been talking about the thousand years where the devil or Satan gets locked up mm-hmm. and uh, and we'd also just read about two different resurrections. That's Resur- right. The resurrection of life That's and right. what was the second the one? The resurrection of condemnation. Condemnation, that's it. So this is basically the righteous and the wicked. And yep. so those who have claimed Christ are the righteous and those who have rejected him are the wicked. And so um, you've got these two resurrections, but they are actually um, either end of the, the um, millennium. And we'll see that as we look at verses 4, 5, and 6 in Revelation 20. But um, I would just wanted to mention we're going to look at the millennium from the perspective of three different areas. The, the events at the beginning of the millennium, Events during the millennium and events at the end of the millennium. We're going to split it up into those three sections because it'll make it easier for us. Okay. So the, the effectively, the, the beginning of the millennium is when Jesus returns in power and glory, the second coming of Jesus Christ. And uh, we can read about this in First Thessalonians four sixteen and 17. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an arch- archangel, with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then he, then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. So several things in this passage. Number one, it says the dead in Christ will rise first. first. Yes. So evidently there are dead who are outside of Christ and there are dead who are in Christ, as in the believers in Christ, and the dead in Christ rise first. Hmm. So um, there will be... Uh, Another resurrection. We'll talk about that later. But then it says, though, then we who are we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So we are going up hmm. when Jesus comes. Obviously, He's going to appear if, if we're alive. Well, even the dead in Christ Correct. will go up. That's as well. right. Yeah. The, all the righteous, whether you're dead or alive, you're going to be raised to life, yeah. and we are going to be raised to meet Him in the air yeah. because we are heaven bound. We're going to heaven. This is uh, important from the perspective it's related to what we talked about in our previous two programs, Jason, where we, we talked about life after death and the, the, the good news about hell mm. in that the dead are asleep, 
They rise at the, the, the resurrection. But if you believe that you go straight to heaven when you die, then there's no need to go to heaven at the beginning of the millennium. At the resurrection. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, so on the other hand, if we are asleep in the graves and Jesus comes, then when do we get to go to heaven? Well, that's that's the point. We, we're raised to go to heaven for a thousand that's years what with we're Jesus. Talking about. Yeah. So, so it begins with the 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 uh, the um, second coming of Christ. Yeah. And I want to pick up a um, passage here in um, Revelation four, where it says, "I'm going to read this uh, now. I'm going to read from Revelation twenty verse 4 through 6 because I want people to sort of get the gist of this this is after that section where it says that Satan was bound it says and I saw thrones and they sat on them and judgment was committed to them then I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their witness to Jesus and for the word of God who had not worshipped the beast or his image or had not received his mark on their foreheads or on their hands and they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years But the rest of the dead did not live again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he who has part in the first resurrection. Over such the second death has no power. But they shall be priests of God and with Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. Now, there's a lot of material in there, that's Mm. for sure. But the main point is there's a first resurrection then it says the rest of the dead live not again until the thousand years were finished, meaning that the wicked don't live again until the thousand years was finished. And that's mm. that's where we get the idea of these two resurrections. So the question is, what happens to the wicked at the second coming of Christ? Mm. So Jesus returns. We've read that the dead in Christ will rise first, then we who are alive will meet him in the air. Mm. But what about the wicked when Jesus arrives? Well, the wicked dead remain dead because we've said they live not again until the thousand years were finished. And then uh, we read in Second Thessalonians 2, 8. Uh, I might get you to read that, Jason. And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. All right. Now, we mentioned last week in the message, The Good News About Hell, mm that our God is a consuming fire. Mm -hmm. And in order for us to survive the impact of his glory, we must be clothed with Christ. That's what the Bible talks about in terms of the plan of salvation. He effectively gives us a fireproof coat. Yeah. Okay, because in terms of sin, he is a consuming fire. And without that protection of Christ's righteousness, we are consumed. And that's effectively what happens here. So this is really talking about at the second coming, mm. the lawless one is alive at that point in time. Yeah. And when Christ comes, he will be destroyed from the brightness. He's consumed uh, by the breath of his mouth and destroyed yeah. by the brightness of his coming. Yeah. Because we can't stand in the full. This is why the Bible does say, God himself says, no one can see God and live. Yes. And the reason he's saying that is because I have to deal with this sin issue. Yeah. Otherwise, no one can see God and live. Uh, just because of the nature of God's glory and the nature of sin. Just as we've mentioned before, as darkness cannot exist in uh, the presence of light, neither can sin exist in the presence of God. So if we're not in Christ, if we don't have that protection, as you Mm. said, then uh, we will be destroyed at the second coming. Yeah, yeah, we're going to be consumed. So here's another passage in Jeremiah 25.33. 
It says, and at that day the slain of the Lord shall be from one end of the earth even to the other end of the earth. They shall not be lamented or gathered or buried. They shall become refuse on the ground. And Mm. you might think, well, why aren't they buried? And it's simply because there is no one to bury them. Mm. So all the righteous have been taken to heaven. The wicked have been destroyed by the brightness of his coming. Uh, The wicked who've died before Christ's coming, they remain in their graves. There's nobody around to bury the, the, the dead at that point and so that's why it mentions been, that uh, burnt up anyway so in terms yeah. of there'd only be the dust and the yeah. ashes left so we have uh, that that's at the beginning of the millennium the beginning of the millennium is the second coming of Christ mm. and we're looking forward to that because Christ will take us home to heaven for that thousand years but then we want to look at what's happening during this millennium mm. right and uh, where will we be and let's assume that we will be on the side of the, the, the righteous. You know that's a choice. We get to choose whether we're on the winning team. Absolutely. God wants us to be on the winning team, but he, yeah. we get to choose. So uh, the, the those who are with Christ, where will we be during the millennium? Well, we will be in paradise beyond the stars for a thousand years. Um, and then eventually we will return to earth and it will be recreated and we'll have heaven on earth. Mm. We're going to save those details for another presentation we're going to do called uh, Looking for Paradise, where we talk a bit about heaven. But notice here what Jesus says in John 14, 1 to 3. I'll get you to read that, Jason. It's a very uh, well-known passage, this one. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. And my in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Okay, so he's coming again to take us to the place where he's prepared prepared. a place. Mm. So we're definitely going to heaven. And uh, notice this here in 1 Peter 1, 3 and 4. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. So it's in heaven. Here's another one, Matthew 5.12. He says to the disciples, Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. Mm. That's where the reward is. Um, here's another one, Colossians 1.5. Because of the hope which is laid up in heaven for you. So that's where we're headed. That's where we receive the uh, rewards, if you like, and the inheritance. Mm. But let's go um, to, we're talking about what happens during the millennium. This is Revelation 20, verse 6. We've mentioned this before already. Blessed and holy is the he who has part in the first resurrection. Over such the second death has no power, but they shall be priests of God and Christ and shall reign with him during, uh, uh, reign with him a thousand years. So that's where we are. We're with Christ for a thousand years in heaven. And, uh, there's a fascinating thing here because it says it says we reign with Christ. I don't know if people have ever thought about that before. Mm. It's just what, what does that really mean? Absolutely amazing. Mm. If you look at Revelation three twenty and twenty one, Jesus says these words. He says to him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne, as I also overcame and sat down with my Father on His throne. So Jesus is offering to share His throne with those who choose him, which is an incredible gracious act Mm. on his part. And it actually 
um, dispels one of the accusations of the devil, the accusation of the devil that God is selfish and he's only trying to um, rule for self-indulgence mm. and he's withholding things from us. But actually, what the devil attempted to take by force, which is God's throne, Jesus is going to give by grace to share his throne. That's amazing to me. We're going to go to another break now, Peter. And just a reminder of our listener question, if you had a chance to go into space, what would you want to see? Where would you want to go? Please text us in on 0488-880-891. So after the break, we're going to continue on learning about uh, this. Uh, have we got more to talk about during the millennium, or are we going to have a look yeah, at Yeah, I what think we happens? have a little more. Okay. And then, uh, of course, we'll get on to what happens at the end of the thousand years mm. as well. So uh, here is our, our next song. It's called King of Kings by Caleb and Kelsey. darkness we were waiting without hope without light till from heaven you came running there was mercy in your eyes to fulfill the law and prophets to a virgin came the word from a throne of endless glory to a cradle in the
program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're talking with Peter Watts this morning and uh, we've been talking about the millennium, the thousand years and uh, we've titled this A Trip Into Space. So uh, we've been talking about uh, how uh, we're going to spend our time in that thousand years and um, while we were listening to that music we had a question uh, come in from Stephen, and it's a really good question. It says, how did Satan bring all the nations together to fight God and his people if they were all dead? That's an excellent question, Stephen. Thank you for listening and, and for sending that in. Uh, first and foremost, the, the devil actually tries to gather the nations to fight against God before the second coming. And we can think about the Battle of Armageddon, and we will talk more about that in another episode. But uh, if you read in chapter 20 of the book of Revelation, you will find the, that Satan garners the nations to deceive them again and to, to um, attack God and his kingdom or his, his uh the, the new Jerusalem, the camp of the, the new yeah, city. The new city. We're actually going to talk more detail about this in a minute, but the point is, it's at the second resurrection when the wicked are raised, then the devil marshals them together to attack the city of God. We'll come to that at the end of this program, so keep listening. But you've got a question, Jason, that I want you to ask, because that's when we're go- where we're going right now. Yeah, so so what about the devil? It says, uh, we read earlier that he'll be locked up, but where will he be during yeah. this thousand years? Okay, so we're going to go back now to Revelation 20, verses 1 to 3, where it says, Then I saw another angel, uh, sorry, an angel coming down from heaven, having the key to the bottomless pit, and a great chain in his hand. He laid hold of the dragon, that servant of old, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years, and he cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up, set a seal on him so that he should deceive the nations no more mm. till the thousand years were finished. But after these things, he must be released for a little while. So the devil is basically bound by a chain of circumstances in the sense that the righteous have been taken away by Christ up to heaven. The wicked are dead. The only ones here on earth at that time then are the devil and his angels. Mm. And so he is effectively bound by a chain of circumstances. He has no one to tempt, deceive or to harass. And um, he's there for a thousand years. And it talks about the bottomless pit, which is not a great um, translation, but it's one that's been handed down to us from the King James translators. But the, the term there in Greek is actually a busos. And it means the darkness, the emptiness, the void, if you like. And uh, if we were to read a, um, a Greek version of the Old Testament, that's the word they would use to describe the earth at the beginning. And the earth was without form and void, right. uh, abusos. Uh, but we also find it, interestingly, um, if we had a Greek version of the Old Testament. We find it in Jeremiah 4, 23 to 26. I'm going to get you to read this, Jason. And at, at the beginning, it sounds like creation, mm. but it's actually talking about another period of time. It says, I beheld the earth, and indeed it was without form and void, and the heavens, they had no light. I beheld the mountains, and indeed they trembled, and all the hills moved back and forth. I beheld, and indeed there was no man, and all the birds of the heaven had fled. I beheld, and indeed the fruitful land was a wilderness, 
and all its cities were broken down at the presence of the Lord by his fierce anger. All right, so this, uh, you know, it sounds, it's formless and void, it sounds like creation, but you find that there are cities that have been broken down. This is the period of time during the millennium where everything on earth will be desolate. It, the the the, uh, the devil and his angels will be here on earth. There'll be no people here because the righteous have gone to heaven. The dead are wicked. The wicked are, are dead. Um, and he's wandering through this wilderness, this wasteland, contemplating, I think, the results of his rebellion. Mm. In other words, it's like a thousand-year prison sentence, effectively, is what it is. That's why it says he's bound. Mm. Uh, he can't travel anywhere. He's not going on vacation. This place is a waste, uh, a wasted wilderness for that thousand years. It's very interesting. Back in 2008, the History Channel had a, uh, a TV series called Life After People, and uh, its subheading was Welcome to Earth, Population Zero. And uh, that's exactly what it's going to be like, you know, at the time of the millennium. There won't be any people here on earth. Um, there was another passage here in Isaiah 24, 1-3. Maybe you could read that, Jason. Behold, the Lord makes the earth empty and makes it waste, distorts its surface and scatters abroad its inhabitants. The land shall be entirely emptied and utterly plundered. For the Lord has spoken this word. Okay, so this during the millennium it will be empty. So if we have a, a little bit of a review of events during the millennium, you have the earth is desolate and devastated. You have all the, the unsaved are dead, slain by the brightness of Jesus coming. You have all the saved that are in heaven reigning with Christ. And Satan is bound on this dark, devastated planet to reflect on his rebellion. And I can just imagine that, you know, the angels are coming up to, to Satan and saying, okay, boss, what's next? There's nothing to do. And there's <laughs> nothing to do for a thousand years but to contemplate the fact that their rebellion has resulted in this desolation. Mm. All right, well, let's move now to that third section. We looked at events at the beginning of the millennium. Yeah, we've what happens at, at the end? <laughs> yeah, we've looked at events during the millennium Let's look at events at the end of the millennium. And we pick it up here in Revelation 20, verse 5, which says, But the rest of the dead, that's the wicked, did not live again until the thousand years were finished. Now, if they did not live again until the thousand years were finished, that means that when the thousand years finished, they do live again. And that's the resurrection of the condemned. That that's read the about resurrection earlier. of the wicked. Yeah. That's called the second resurrection. Yeah. And, and then, of course... You find in verse 7 and 8, it picks up this theme. It says, now when the thousand years have expired, Satan will be released from his prison. Why? Because he now has people to tempt and deceive and to manipulate. Yeah. Okay, so when the thousand, this is Revelation 20, verse 7 and 8, when the thousand years have expired, Satan will be released from his prison and will go out to deceive the nations which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog. And by the way, Gog and Magog simply are an Old Testament reference to the enemies of God, mm -hmm. to gather them together to battle whose number is as the sand of the sea. So he's going to garner all these masses now that have been resurrected. By the way, if you're the devil, who are you going to tell these people resurrected them? Sorry, uh, say that again. I didn't quite okay, understand the so question. So let's say you're the if devil. I'm the devil. And all these people have just been resurrected. Yeah. Who do you think is going to claim credit for their resurrection? Ah, uh, he will. Yeah, of exactly. Of course he will. <laughs> it's God who's actually raised them to life. Mm. But he's going to be saying, hey, I've raised you to life. Let's, you know, yeah, he's going to claim, go take on claim God. that. 
but uh, yeah. Power. Now, at the end of the millennium, we also find you can read this in verse. Uh, Revelation 21 verse 2 it says then I John saw the holy city New Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God prepared as a bride adorned for her husband in other words God's people are coming coming back from heaven in the New Jerusalem and this is why the devil and the lost want to surround this camp of the saints they're thinking let's take God off his throne here's our last chance or here's, our last here's, chance. here's another chance it's a last stand yeah. if you like mm. But in Revelation 20, verse 9 and 10, we see what happens. Jason, you can read that. They went up on the breadth of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city. And fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. The devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and his and the false prophet are. And they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Now, last, night, uh, last week we talked about what that... Uh, Forever and ever means. Yeah, forever and ever means mm. so long as it lasts. Mm. And uh, in other words, um, you know, the, I think, Jason, this is important to understand. I think people will be tormented by the thought that they could have been saved mm. but are now lost. Mm. More than even the, the fire that's going to consume everything. Mm. Uh, because I think that uh, it'll be that knowledge that Jesus died for them too. But they didn't take hold of that salvation that God has purchased for them. Mm, yeah. And I think that will be the torment because I could have been in the city, mm. but now I'm outside the city. But, of course, we also learned last week that there is an end. It doesn't, Absolutely. It doesn't go on it's forever It's not perpetual. It that's correct. It does actually end. Yeah. Mm. And that's part of the good news. The good mm. news is that sin will come to an end. What God is trying to teach us is that he's going to deal with sin. He's going to get rid of sin. Sin is the bad guy. If we cling to sin, we share its fate, mm. and God doesn't want that of us. So, We need to go to a break, uh, Peter, but before we do, we've got our book offer. And uh, we haven't mentioned this yet, but we've got a little book called Home at Last by Walton John Brown. And uh, it, it really talks about some of these uh events that we've been talking about it says the time of trouble has ended god's people so so long outcast gaze expectantly at the sky where even now appears their redeemer this is talking about the second coming at last they are going home what will it be like to actually see jesus to travel with him heavenward at many times the speed of light mm. and heaven itself and those mansions will there be enough to do to occupy the time and interest of people who have always been busy. We've got a thousand years to fill in. (laughs) I like to think of it as a thousand year vacation. That That sounds awesome. That that sounds a lot of a good idea. Yeah. So we're going to give you the code to this book after the break, Home at Last by Walton John Brown. It sounds like a fantastic book. Uh, Here is All To Us by Halal Music. Precious Cornerstone your foundation you are faithful to the end we are waiting on you jesus we believe you're all to us precious cornerstone Sure foundation, you are faithful to the end. We are waiting on you, Jesus. 
Jesus. We believe your all to us. Let the glory of your name be the passion of the church. Let the righteousness of God be a holy flame that burns. Let the saving love of Christ be the measure of our lives. We believe you're all to us. Only Son of God sent from heaven. Hope and mercy at the cross. You are everything. You're the promise. Jesus, you are all to us. Let the glory of your name be the passion of the church. Let the righteousness of God be a holy flame that burns. Let the saving love of Christ be the measure of our lives. We believe you're all to us. Let the glory of your name be the passion of the church. Let the righteousness of God be a holy flame that burns. Let the saving love of Christ be the measure of our lives. We believe you're all to us. You're all to is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and uh, we're coming to our last section now 
in this topic. But before the break, we did promise a code for this book, this uh, book called Home at Last by Walton John Brown. And today's offer free book is the code for that is search 21 so that's search and the number 21 and you can text that into 0488 we've got six copies of that book to give away so search 21 0488 now peter uh, we've been um, looking at uh, the different phases of the the millennium and we've been talking about the end of the millennium but when it comes to revelation it can be quite confusing and uh, i'm wondering if you can just share some uh, principles that can help us understand uh, when we're reading it yeah for sure and and i think that this is no more so than when we're talking about chapter 20 and the the subject of the millennium uh, so we have a lot of symbolism obviously in the book of revelation and the symbols are interpreted by scripture itself if we we can find those symbols elsewhere but what you also have is this principle of repeat and enlarge that is to say that a passage is written where you'll have one idea let's call that idea a and then you might have a section on idea b and then you might go back and talk about section a again and it's repeated, but it's enlarged upon. So more details are given. Mm. And uh, if you think about it from the perspective of, say, TV or a movie, we're, we're familiar with this concept of flashbacks, mm. where you're going through the story and suddenly they'll have a scene that's a flashback from a peer- previous period. Then you come back to the present. Then you have another flashback. And it fills in more details as you go along. Mm. You might even think of it like a song. You have a verse, then you have a chorus, then you have another verse, but then you come back to the chorus again um, and it's the same as before and so you have this principle of repeat and enlarge and when we read particularly uh, Revelation 20 we see this scene change sometimes where you're describing uh, something around what's happening in heaven and then you're describing what's happening on earth and and if we understand that then we can get a better grasp on what the details are and how the order of events comes about so for instance we get um we've got the the wicked being raised yes uh, at the end yes oh, were you going to say something else yes well i was just going to mention that you know we talked about the uh the wicked surrounding the city of the beloved the beloved city mm. but we don't see that city descend until revelation 21 yes the point is that city has to be there for them to surround it yes yeah yeah and so that's what i mean by the repeat and enlarge yep. business okay. so so why are the the wicked raised at that's all an yeah, what, what's question. the point yeah so they've been dead for a thousand years why raise them first of all there's a verse in second uh, corinthians 5:10 it says for we must all appear before the judgment seat of christ at that moment you've got the righteous inside the city you've got the wicked outside the city all of the people in the history of the world are there before the throne of god we're actually appearing before the throne of god at that point and the wicked are raised number one there are plenty of people who've committed great atrocities here on earth against thousands of people not just individuals um, dictators who've been responsible for millions of deaths sometimes and they may never have faced accountability here on earth, but they will face accountability for the things that they've done in, in the body. Uh, they will face accountability on that day. Also, 
after a thousand years, it demonstrates that the devil and his angels haven't changed in their motivations and the people haven't changed in their uh, willingness to follow him mm. either, mm. even after a thousand years. Mm. And so uh, it, it finally, um, I guess, gives uh, an opportunity for God to see all of humanity uh, in front of him uh, at that one moment and they will face accountability for the things that they have done. Mm. Then, of course, at the end of the millennium, you know, God is going to recreate the world uh, and it'll be the paradise that it was right back at the Garden of Eden. And that will be the home of the righteous. And the Bible says God's going to wipe away every tear from their eyes. There'll be no more death, no sorrow, nor crying. There'll be no more pain for the former things have passed away. And that's Revelation 24, sorry, 21 verse 4. So maybe what we'll do just in wrapping up here, Jason, we want to review what we've discussed in terms of the millennium. So we're in the last days. I believe that. Mm. We're in the last days of Earth's history. Jesus is soon to come. And when Jesus returns, the righteous are raised, the dead in Christ are raised first. The living saints, those of us who are followers of Christ, will be caught up to meet them in the air. Satan is bound the wicked are slain, and the earth is desolated. Then during the millennium, the righteous are in heaven. The wicked remain dead. Satan is bound by the chain of circumstances because he has no one to tempt or harass. And the earth is at rest. We have this time of rest for the earth for a thousand years. Mm. Then at the end of the millennium, you have Christ and the saints and the city descending from heaven. We're coming back to earth. The wicked dead are raised. Satan is loosed from his prison because he now has people to deceive. There is the last judgment, the final white throne judgment. You see that in Revelation 20 as well. Satan and sinners are destroyed and the earth is cleansed and renewed. Mm. And we begin eternity with God here on the new earth. Well, that uh, makes a bit of sense. (laughs) In in terms of, you know, that that study we've... we've, uh, We've grabbed those verses and we've uh, we've really unpacked what it all means and and why the millennium. And uh, I guess one thing we didn't entirely answer is, you know, what why is it significant? And we haven't got a lot of time to to answer that. But have you got a sentence as to why why do we need a thousand yeah. years there? Well, there's a few things. I think it's number one that the, the millennium pre- presents a stark contrast between the fate of the saved and the fate of the lost. Yeah. Okay. Uh, God's actions will be justified by his followers. Um, it also provides a heavenly honeymoon period that God's people are described as his bride. And it's kind of like God is finally going to take his people home and for a thousand years we'll get to spend with him. And it marks the end of an era. It marks the end of this great controversy over sin. And it will finally bring uh, this chapter to a close. That's fantastic, Peter. What have you got for us next week, Peter? So next week, we are going to look at the fascinating topic of who is the Antichrist. There's lots of speculation about who is the Antichrist and where will it come from and what will it be. We're going to look at that subject from a biblical perspective next week. And, of course, tomorrow we've got David Maxwell, and his topic tomorrow is uh, the Messiah on his new series that he started. And uh, I'll be joining David tomorrow. So we hope you can join us tomorrow um, with David and, of course, next week with Peter Watts. 
We and just remember the uh, the offer for today. Search twenty one. We've got six uh, copies of that book to give away. Home at last. We're going to go out with if that don't make you want to go. John saw a golden city, New Jerusalem come down. Twelve jasper walls and gates of pearl, such splendor all around. And he tells about a river of life that flows beneath the throne, where we'll drink and live eternally in a mansion all our own. Oh, if that don't make you wanna go, brother. If that don't make you wanna go, sister. If that don't make you wanna go to heaven, I don't know what does. curse of sin no sickness and no cross to bear and death can't enter in no fighting and no battlefields no war no enemy where the lamb and lion lay side by side in that land of perfect peace oh if that don't make you want to go brother if that don't make you want to go sister that don't make you want to go to heaven I don't know what does I don't know